party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. Here in the Mothership, which is Studio 22. Got a little heavy last night on the show. Got a little heavy. Heavy topic. Kind of feel like chilling out today. It was good, though. We're going to hang out with the Fact Pack on mm-hmm. YouTube. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him, Mark. Show hey, it. You're not even going to include us? This is what we deal with. Today's episode's about narcissism. I need to button my shirt. My shirt's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hanging out. open. It's kind of hanging open. The puppet I master Mark driving us into the nether regions, which are all things racial, racially divided. Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians. I've decided. You know, we were talking last night about how social media tries to control us, and the voices that are out there try to control us. The celebrities in Hollywood, the government, everybody, everybody, the mainstream media, certainly. I'm going to stop using the term people of color or person of color. I don't like it. We're all a color. Hmm. Okay. I think it's a media narrative that is trying to make sure that we stay divided. I don't care what color your skin is. That is the least genetic thing that you can pick that separates people. Mm. Like you're talking 0.000016% of a difference in your genetic makeup that determines the melanin in your skin. So that's one of those things. So Candace, thank you for opening my eyes to the reality that episode we did last night. Now everything I see is a practical expression of that episode. It might be, it might be one of the my favorite ones we've ever done. It turned out good, didn't it? Yeah, it might be one of my, because I think we are so blind to the influences that are around us, you know? But do people of color care that you, that care that you know that they care that you care? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I, I just don't like those are things that I think they're they're little things that are out there that I, like why I've ne- it's never crossed my mind growing up to use a phrase like people of color mm-hmm. or person of color. That's a, that's just in the last couple of years mm-hmm. that we started hearing terms like that. Well, you need to make sure I'm a POC. I'm a person of color. Well, do you want a ribbon? I mean, what what, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. It, it, that, that's let's stop being divided. And, and, and again, I go back to the other day's conversation we had in here. Uh, I think it was Tuesday night where I said, if you want to have open conversation, then you've got to hear it from all of our perspectives. And that includes the white perspective. Mm-hmm. Because from the white community, we, we look at this looting and rioting stuff that goes on in major cities one way. And I think the black community looks at it another way. I want to apologize to the Asian community. Because y'all don't get shit, man. Y'all don't get any attention. Right? Y'all had COVID just for a second, and then poof, that was taken away from you by a white cop. <laughs> you don't know whether you should laugh or not, do you? <laughs> or Hispanics, you know? I mean, what, you know? Oh, I forgot take- about them. Right. They had a minute. They had a minute this year. With the whole down on the border thing, whatever that was. Now they're building a wall. <laughs> now they're building it because they saw to see the crap going on in America. I told y'all, 
Trump would get Mexico to pay for that wall. <laughs> <laughs> They're down there laying bricks, That's it, man. all Trump's fault. All this is Trump's fault. But it's weird. We had the COVID thing, right? And everything is racist. Yeah. Everything is racist. Why would you address that answer to me? Uh, uh, well, I mean, you asked the question. That's why he gave the answer to you, not because you're Asian. Right. right? You have all this stuff. So early in the year, we had the Hispanics from Central America and Mexico, Mm -hmm. uh, the caravans. And then, of course, we had the China virus. Mm -hmm. And then we had, I mean, just for a second, man, we got a breather. And then then it was like, okay, they were like, we were going to release the murder hornets, but that just wasn't ominous enough. So they said, well, we're going to come back to race because that seemed to be working and i don't mean to make light in any way shape or form of george floyd's death tragedy tragedy and i hope they punish those guys to the fullest extent of the law um because they're guilty absolutely they're guilty they're guilty 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 you don't even have to go to trial with it they're guilty you keep your knee on a guy's neck for three minutes after he's lifeless or, or at all it's not necessary that's not police. We procedure. all said we watched that video, and it was everybody it, across everybody, the board it, believes that that's good. it hurt. So, anyway, it hurt. Anyway, but all huh. that more murder hornet spray I bought can be used against rioters. Oh, good. <laughs> so, at twelve feet away, tear gas gets rid of COVID. I don't know if you know that or not. Hmm. Yeah, that's why they're spraying it in all the major cities. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, now that America seems to be opening back up, that doesn't mean that everything's okay. You still need to wash your hands. Man, I wash my hands more than anything else these days. I just, But I've always been kind of germaphobic. We try to social distance, I guess. We take the, I tell you what I do. I take Field of Greens. I love Field of Greens. I love all their products. In fact, I've got to go online and order more today because I'm running out of my dawn to dusk. And I love it. I looked in the bottle today and I think I had like six left and I was like, okay, I got to get more in before the week's out. Love that stuff. So with Field of Greens, it gives you all the nutrition you need. You got uh, just every single day, take a scoop of it. It's got full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which is going to boost your energy. It's going to support a healthy immune system. It's going to give you a diet of fruits and vegetables that can reduce your risk of heart disease, hypertension, a whole host of other health issues. Uh, It reduces inflammation. Do you know I haven't suffered from gout? I don't know if this is because of it or not, but I haven't suffered from gout in probably six months. And I mean, I always had the gout deal. I remember. I truly believe it's field of greens. Mm. Uh, Prebiotic, probiotic, great source of vitamins, fiber, and other nutrients. Put one scoop in a glass of water, stir it up, drink it, you're done. There you go for the day. Right now, save 15% off your first order with the offer code CHAD at BrickHouseChad.com. BrickHouseChad.com. Subscribe today. Get an extra 10% off every single month on your recurring order. Look, you can't control the world that you live in, but you can make sure that you're giving your body a fighting chance while you're living in it. So try Field of Greens today. BrickHouseChad.com. BrickHouseChad.com. We'll be right back. You know, it is easy to sit back and look at your TV screen and try to make judgments about how the world reacts to things, but we really don't know, do we? We don't know what people are going through. 
we don't know what communities are going through. And that's kind of a hard thing. I know we all think we do, and everybody wants to argue about it. And my God, social media is full of the experts. You know, first we were experts on geopolitical things. Then we were experts on uh, viruses and, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And now we're experts on race relations. relations. I mean, it's, it's just – and so, you know, I read through these opinion pieces – and I say, well, regardless of statistics, and this might not be a popular view that I'm about to say, but I don't care. Um, you know, statistics say one thing. For instance, statistics say that twice as many white people are shot by cops every year than are black people. All right. Well, that's a fact. That's a numerical fact. But, but there are less black people in America. Okay. Okay. Mm. So statistically, you know, how does that ratio play out? I understand both sides of the argument. See, think we put these things out there and people think that we don't understand both sides of the argument. We do. The fact of the matter is you take this Minneapolis police force. Okay. Yeah. George Floyd, sad situation, horrible situation. But I mean, three years ago, you had the the woman who called 911 and the cop showed up and shot her, killed her. Uh, She was white. He was black. Uh, but Minneapolis has had like 160 some odd deaths just in the last few years at the hands of cops. So something's got to get under control with that. Something's got to happen. I still go back to my old adage. If you want to have peace, you got to have order. If you want to have order, you got to have the right government. How well something is governed should tell you everything. Um, and it's hard to control that many moving parts, but it's interesting that the most COVID cases we saw and the most violence that we're seeing with these riots and everything, they've all been in Democratic-led cities. Steve? Yep. Better run your household right or you're going to get sick. Nope. Or shot. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, like, but, but I want to take statistics and throw them aside for a second. Okay. Because everybody can argue the statistics. I believe that a perceived reality is just as powerful as reality itself. Okay. Sometimes more. Yeah. If it's real in your mind, there are people who have testified under oath. They've taken polygraph tests and passed because they fully believe something in their mind that never happened. Right? Right. Uh, the mind is a weird thing. And, and there are people who have uh, gone into counseling sessions and dredged up molestations from when they were a child that they have no recollection of. But it comes back to them, right? Because they they block that out um, so powerfully that in their mind it never happened, right? They, their reality, the perceived reality was it never happened. So perceived reality is a powerful thing, whether it's reality or perceived reality. And I say that because... The people watching this show, I, I know the the leanings of most of the people of our audience, okay? Um, there's some fair-minded people that watch us, and there's some people who watch us on a regular basis who aren't afraid to push back on me. Sure. And I don't mind that. I, I mean, most of the time, I'm just kind of thinking out loud anyway, pontificating on some things. But let's look at this. Uh, whether it's real or perceived, there are scenarios out there where people feel like this is happening in their life, and maybe it is happening in their life. And I think that is what we have to listen to as the majority in America. Okay? I'm speaking as a white man, as the majority in America. 
I'm not say I'm not excusing looting. I'm not excusing rioting. That shit needs to be shut down. That's that's not getting your point across, okay? And I don't care if they use tear gas. I don't care if they use violent force. I don't care what they do. When you're using cars as a weapon, when you're out there uh, beating the shit out of people in the streets and stuff like that, you got to shut that down. When you're threatening to come into the suburbs, uh, that I promise you, the folks living in the suburbs, they're waiting on you. You don't. You got to shut that down. So I'm not excusing any of that stuff. I'm just talking about what I'm trying to do to make my world better. And I'm, you know, I, look, I can easily sit back. We all do this, and we say, "Well, you know, I, mean, I was talking to my black friend, mm-hmm. right?" Well, I mean, okay, so you got black friends. I don't. My, my brain doesn't even work like that. I don't. I don't think of like Bougie Sean who I don't even think he's black. <laughs> I mean, I've always joked and said he's the only black guy you know with white privilege. He's West Indy. He's mm-hmm. West Indian, right? Um, Eric Ransom, mm-hmm. who called me the other day. Ronnell, mm-hmm. you know, who called me the other day. Kevin Wade. Kevin Wade ain't black. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, he thinks he is. But, I, but I'm like, you know, and I'm joking about that whole deal because I don't think of those things. I just don't think of those things. We might joke around with each other stereotypically. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you think you're so righteous and so pious that you don't do that, well, then I feel sorry for you in a way, right? Because I make fun of Steve. Steve makes fun of me. I do things characteristically that Steve's always making fun of. Mm-hmm. You can't live with somebody day in and day out. And not make, I make fun of you. All the time. You make fun of me. You did it right before the show started. A little bit. And it hurt my feelings. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. But that's okay because we have a good relationship. But, you know, I feel, <laughs> my feelings are that everybody's feeling too, the emotions are so high right now and all the time that, that you spend all this time being offended or you have to go to this extreme to make your point. And when you go to the extreme like that, it's the antithesis of what you want. Right. It is now you've just divided more people because now they're pissed off at this. You're not getting your message across. And we've always said this. If you're offended, then you're allowing somebody to steal your joy. Stop it. Quit. You have so many people that can't control their emotions that uh, even like uh, George Floyd's brother was talking about, you know, correct. Nobody here is matter than i am more upset but stop looting stop doing because that's not going to do so anything. and that that is when i say my way of thinking when i see that behavior i'm thinking this dishonors the memory of this man this does nothing to honor this man but i've also said that i understand the point if you feel like you don't have stock in society and that society is abusing you and your reaction is to burn it down. Right. Okay? Um, and I, I could argue against that, but I think that's the motivation. What's my point in all of this stuff? And I know y'all are saying get to it. Here's an article. Uh, it's an opinion piece. And I want to give you some of this. Candace pulled this thing from the Washington Post. And... Um, It's uh, prefaced or it's it's subtitled George Floyd's death is sickeningly familiar. There seems to be nothing our black sons and daughters can do to remain alive. 
That's the headline of it. Now, I'm sure that strikes people. That's strong language. There's nothing our black sons and daughters can do to remain alive. So since my son was in middle school, I've counseled him about how to interact with law enforcement and how to avoid those interactions. I've prayed for him to come home safely as a teen driver, as a college student, and now as a young man. Why? Because there seems to be nothing that black sons and daughters can do differently to remain alive. Nothing about your clothing, behavior, activity, or location. Nothing about your education, car, job, or age alters the outcomes. My son is exhausted of this burden and angry that it has happened yet again. I am exhausted and angry too. Now put yourself, before you rush to judgment, put yourself in the shoes of this father, okay? Or, or this mother, in, in it, whatever case it may be. Put your shoes, this is your child you're talking about. I do not know a black family that does not have a story. Okay, that's true. My experience, that's true. Of all the black folks I know, they've all testified that that's true. And I don't care who they are, I don't care how dark skinned they are, light skinned they are, whatever. They all have a story. Internet is filled with accounts of driving, walking, shopping, running, eating while black. How many stories can we count in just the past decade of black people doing ordinary things that result in their harassment, detention, restraint, and death? George Floyd's the latest in a too long list of black men and women who have died at the hands of white police officers. Ahmed Arbery was jogging when neighborhood vigilantes chased him down, shot, and killed him. Christian Cooper was bird watching in New York Central Park when a white woman walking her dog tried to weaponize 911 to bring law enforcement to bear on a black person. 12 year old Tamir Rice was killed by police while playing at a playground near his home in Cleveland. And he goes off and talks about Trayvon Martin, talks about Philando Castile, talks about Sandra Bland. Uh, it goes on and on. There's, there's all of the uh, Brianna Taylor, who was shot eight times by a police officer, barged into her Louisville apartment. Uh, there's a Tatiana Jefferson, uh, who's a pre med graduate student, uh, was babysitting her nephew at her mother's house and was shot and killed. Botham Jean, of course, who we know was local here in Dallas, whenever the off-duty police officer went into the apartment and claimed it to be a mistake. So for black people, relatively minor infractions resulting in an encounter with police can lead to their deaths. Eric Garner was killed uh, while being detained for selling cigarettes on the street, Staten Island, Freddie Gray, Baltimore. We may not all be able to march with you peacefully and protest in Minneapolis, but know that we're with you in spirit. I keep wishing for a president who can give the anger of African-Americans a voice. Instead, the president we have wallows in and feeds on division and racial hatred. I've seen enough to know not to believe President Trump when he pretends to be unaware that his recent tweet echoed the worst of the 1960s bigots. Quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I am on the lookout for a president who will claim our anger as his own and do something about it. George Floyd was my brother. He was my son. Floyd is dead. But he did not just die. He was killed by a white police officer, pierced his knee into Floyd's neck for up to nine minutes while three other officers stood by. Onlookers pleaded. Of course, he said, I can't breathe. They're going to kill me. Uh, called out for his mother. And I'm summarizing here. There can be no column long enough for all the names. Over hundreds of years of enslavement, decades of Jim Crow, of the victims of the violence perpetrated under color of law against black people in America. I cannot litigate all that here, but I'm angry about it. My anger demands that the land of the free and the home of the brave allow our black sons and daughters to simply grow up and live their lives into an old age untouched so that for once we black mothers can get a decent night's rest. All right. What are your thoughts? 
What do you think? It's, it's well written. It's well written. Very well written. Um, and, and, and and regardless of, again, I know people want to come back with the statistics. And, and I hear I you. I know. I hear you. When it comes to crime and theft and violent crime uh, and experience on the part of law enforcement, they've, they've had situations where obviously you're going to profile because the numbers tell you a certain thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an unfortunate unfortunate situation but i hear what this lady is saying yes i can't tell you that if i weren't mexican that i wouldn't be trying to get my family into america whether legal or illegal i can't tell you that if i was african-american that i wouldn't be worried about my son or daughter out driving on the streets at night i can't tell you that that's just me being completely and totally honest now am i wrong in that Am I wrong in that? I hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Barack Obama helped race relations. I believe he set us back 50 years. Uh, I don't believe Trump has always chosen his words very wisely. But at the same time, I can recognize and say some things that Trump has done that I don't think Obama's done. I think Trump's been a very pro-black president. But again, perceived reality can be just as much as true reality. Hey, the SAT and the ACT are often thought of as simply inconvenient tests that students have to give up a Saturday to take a few times junior, senior year. The reality, however, is that the SAT and the ACT are the two most powerful forces driving curriculum in the United States today. And indeed, they are high stakes tests that drive instruction and curriculum. And there's no question that the College Board, which, by the way, they own the SAT and is a far left organization, just last year, the College Board, uh, they had students reading Bernie Sanders' op-ed pieces on the SAT. The good news is there is a company taking on the SAT and the ACT, especially now that the SAT and ACT got canceled for this year. It's called the Classic Learning Test, or CLT. It's been around for about four years. They've already uh, been adopted by more than 200 colleges, and just about every college out there will now consider CLT scores at least as a supplemental component of an application. The CLT is shorter uh, than the SAT and ACT, Students, they, they can take it at home through remote proctoring technology. The final CLT of the, of the year, June 20th, you got to sign up. There's, it's, there's been such a demand for the CLT that the seats for the June 20 CLT are limited. So about 8,000 seats remaining. I'm sure it's a lot less than that now. If you know a high school or you have one, you need to sign up, register today. Hundreds of colleges already offering tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships for CLT scores. So to register for the June 20 official college entrance exam, visit cltexam.com. That's C-L-T.com. Register today. See, these are hard conversations to have because you find yourself grasping for the right words to say because because you want to have an honest conversation, but then people don't want to have an honest conversation because honest conversations said with no matter how much grace you try to say them with are going to be misconstrued, taken out of context and ultimately used against you. So you're afraid to have an honest conversation. I, I tiptoe. We all do. I'm, you know, we, we we've been we have been so conditioned and I know I'll go back and listen to this show or I'll watch it or whatever. And, I, and I'll be like, damn, I said that wrong. That's not what I meant. But right. that's just the nature of it. You're, you find yourself grasping for words. 
Mm-hmm. There are there are re- repeat offenders that are out there. We've talked about that. There are, and it that doesn't matter the color of your skin. That's your that's who you are in your character, mm-hmm. right? If you've been taught to disrespect authority, you're going to disrespect authority. And I have seen these bitchy little college white kids. I've seen I've seen all of these different folks that are out there. <laughs> I've seen people out in the streets throwing bricks and all this. And, and I've said it over and over again. You want to have authority, you got to come under authority. If you want to live with authority, you got to come under authority. So you know your heart. If you've been conditioned your entire life to hate authority and that authority's out to get you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be contentious when it comes that time. Right. Um, this, this thing, and I think this is why this is so rough for me because this was such a blatant example of unnecessary violence that led to death in the case of George Floyd. Yep. There was no reason for that to happen. No reason. Which is why, again, I said it the other day on the show, it's almost like it was a targeted assassination of a black man in order to create more chaos. And, you know, uh, how do you get to the bottom of that? I don't know how you get to the bottom of that. But uh, it's just, I've never seen anything that blatant. Mm-hmm. You're walking they, a guy who's in his handcuffs, and then you put him on the ground, and you put your knee on his neck. and but Why didn't you put him in the car? Right. You know? And then cops jump out of the ambulance and put <sighs> him on a gurney. They don't even check his vitals. They never do any life-saving techniques on him whatsoever. They just throw him haphazard into the thing and take him to the hospital. And they say they were performing that on him while in the ambulance. Well, hell, we don't know. Mm. And he was supposedly pronounced dead. Of course, the medical examiner, the independent medical examiner, says he was dead before he got to the hospital. Yeah. Steve? What I, don't were know say? What I, I don't know what I was going to say now. I lost you, it. You watched, I watched that video and you just you want to go through the screen and just... I can't watch it. Push the well, guy off and just say, you know, he's just he's crying for his mom. This is this is one of those things, and I've said it on numerous shows, and I've said it on this when I've asked the question. I've seen lots of acts of violence. I've seen things that I disagreed with the police on. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, typically when you watch these things, uh, you know, the police react to something. You don't know what transpired five, ten minutes before the video started. Okay? So... I, and don't misunderstand, I am pro-law enforcement. I believe that one of the reasons America is a great country is because we have we have law enforcement that does not oppress. Mm-hmm. I've been in the countries. Now, you might say, okay. <laughs> I've lived and visited in the countries where law enforcement exists and the military exists to oppress. American law enforcement doesn't do that. There's no way they would do that job for the pay they make Nope. just to get their rocks off on most law enforcement. We've seen numerous examples, even in the last week, of these guys reaching out to their communities and trying to do do well by them. Um, but that said, this is the first time I've ever watched a video like that and thought, if I was there with a concealed firearm, would I pull it right. on this guy, on these on these cops? Because that is the essence of tyranny. What we saw in that video, that's what tyranny looks like. Mm. To put your boot on someone's neck and and subjugate them by armed force, which is what they were doing when he was helpless. I can't watch the video anymore. We did the news and why it matters uh, last week, and, and Sarah, they'd ask her to you know to show the video. And Mark, I told her, I said, can we please not show that video? And I think we just did the picture. 
<sighs> of the deal. And that's bad enough. And I've watched the video enough where I can unpack 10 minutes of it of all the things I see that are problems. And we talked about that a little bit on Tuesday night show, but still, uh, you know. And it doesn't matter what transpired before that nine minutes. Yeah. Once he was in custody and handcuffs on, no excuse in, no my, excuse. in my book. I agree. And there's three other cops that ought to be, something has to happen with them, period. But here's the thing, and they need to be arrested. If they have not by the time of this airing, they need to be arrested. Uh, they should have been arrested as soon as Derek Chauvin but again, I'm not here to be judge and jury. I, I'm just saying that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we were in solidarity as American citizens. I don't know of anyone who disagreed. We were unanimously in agreement over the injustice that was done to George Floyd. And now the rioting and the looting and all of the stuff going on, the burning of businesses and communities and the threats that have been out there, and now the stuff that we're seeing transpire – it drowns that out because let me tell you something you go back and she referenced it in her op-ed she referenced jim crow okay so jim crow laws were horrible right if you go all the way back to slavery in america see if i can concise concisely do this the first the first slave owner well, I mean, 3,300 slaves were owned during the time of the Civil War. 3,300 slaves had black owners in America. Okay. So this was not a white owning black problem. This was a problem. Slavery was wrong. It was big business. Uh, it was an economy. The folks of the South who utilized that, whether it was the cotton industry, textile industry, whatever, this was part of their economy, which is why it was so precious and dear, because they knew that without slave labor, there was no way they were going to continue that. Enter the Civil War. You emancipate uh, the slaves. A lot of slaves chose to stay with their former masters because that was home to them. Uh, they, They, in many cases, weren't abused at all. They were owned, and that in and of itself is a tragedy and a travesty. Mm -hmm. But they stayed there because there was nowhere for them to go. They would have left impoverished and starved to death, among other things. So you you, you enact reconstruction that comes along, and then one thing leads to another, and you still have generation after generation of the black minority that is seen as inferior to the white majority enter into Jim Crow laws that happen, and I'm skipping a whole swath of history here, but you enter into these Jim Crow laws, which were horrible. I have played in theaters. We've, we've performed in theaters that still have the colored water fountains upstairs in the balcony, that still have the colored partition mm. with the room where the uh, blacks could watch the movie. All right. It's still there in different places. Um, I've seen the doors in the restaurants where they say this was the coloreds only. And and so we're just now in recent history seeing that abolished just what, 60, 70 years ago? That's abolished. And so in 60, 70 years of, of American history now, the black community has tried to catch up in this country they live in 
And that's a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. We've had hundreds of years. True. Right? They're now trying to catch up. But I want you to look at the progress we've made. Because generation after generation, my grandparents, they looked at the black community one way. The black community looked at them one way. Yes. My parents looked at them another way. I looked at them a different way. The, the, you know, the communities looked at each other in a different way. Uh, I didn't grow up in a place where we were legally separated from one another, right? Uh, we, we didn't go to separate schools. We played ball together. We spent the night together. Yep. We camped out together. We were in scouts together. We traveled together, you know, slept in the same bed, slept in the same tent, all these things. We, we did, you know, we got in the same pool, got in the same tub for crying out loud. De- made bad decisions I together. I mean, we did. Oh, we set <laughs> shit on fire. We did. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, but that was, we didn't think about these things. Hmm. Did that erase the injustices? Of course no. not. Of course not. And I'm speaking as a Southern white man. I, you know, you know, you had the black side of town, mm-hmm. you know, where I grew up. We knew that we knew that's, you know, you, you had that. I used to go to the projects on Sunday morning and pick up Miss Allen. She was a blind black lady. She was bald. She wore a wig. It was always on crooked because she was blind. And I'd have to go walk through the ghetto and it's on Sunday morning, pick her up, walk her arm in arm back to the car so I could take her to church on Sunday mornings. Right. It was a black part of town. I was the only white dude within miles, right? So I know there was a difference. There was a separation even then. I was on the trailer park side of town. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what they called it. No, we know what they town. called it. We know what it was called. Yeah. And and that's that's a tragedy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a travesty. But but and you had the white trash part of town. That's me. I don't know why I'm pointing at you, but no, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, we lived in a couple of. Couple I mean, of trailers. where I grew up, we had East Boundary. Mm-hmm. And we had tobacco road. Other side of the tracks. Yeah, East Boundary was was where the black folks live. Tobacco Road was where the rednecks live. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> you didn't go to Grove Town. Now Grove Town's nice. Yeah. All the white folks that lived in Grove Town back then. Uh-uh. <laughs> you didn't date girls from Grove Town. <laughs> no offense to my friends in Grove Town, but 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 that's my thing. We got less than a minute, so let me pontificate for a second here okay. for a second. Now we have industries. We have Fortune 300, Fortune 500 companies that have C-level executive offices that are equality executives to make sure that those companies operate that way. So in 50, 60 years, 70 years from Jim Crow laws to having equality in the biggest companies in America to having black CEOs. And they say, well, but there's only like 15 out of 500 of them. Okay, but you're not that far away from Jim Crow. You got to look at the progress of it. Okay, got to look at the progress of it. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that need to happen. I get that. But there's a lot of things that need to happen in the black community amongst yourselves as well. And I'm not going to preach to you, but I do want to talk about it because you want to open an honest discussion. So let's have it. We'll be right back. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Is everybody fired up? Good. Wait. Um, what? I, one thing that we did say off air that I wanted to say on air. We all have friends of all different colors. Doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, good people love good people. Yeah. And when, you, when you're when you that close with those friends, I, I really, 
I don't see color. You said the same thing. We really don't because we're just hanging out with really good people. But I can promise you stupid comes in every color. And that's when that's what I feel like we all see. That's what we have to move past. And that means we have to have these uncomfortable conversations. I want to learn. You want to learn. We all want to learn and become better. We do. You know, if if I've said it over and over again, if a stranger calls me a racist, I don't care. Right. If a friend tells me there's a problem, I want to listen. Correct. I want to listen. I have yet to ever have a friend, quote, of color who's ever said that to me. I mean, again, I I spent a long time in Africa. I spent a long time as a minority myself being called Oibo as I walked down the street, which meant peeled one in Yoruba. You know, I wasn't black anymore. I was peeled. (laughs) You know, up north, the Momoye used to say that we were the men who stole their land. I never understood that because I never saw any white people with any land (laughs) up there. But I know what it's like to be the minority. I know what it's like to be in Asia be the only person around i know what it's like to be in mongolia where you have to go up there with two sherpas and a yak in the middle of nowhere i i know what i know what it's like to feel isolated and alone because culturally you are so far divided forget skin color and that's the thing that i want to try to leave everybody with is culture we talk about racism but let's talk about prejudice. Everybody's prejudice. We've t- we've been very prejudiced just in our conversation today. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the people that live on Tobacco Road. We've talked about mm-hmm. the people that live in East Boundary. We've talked about the people in the ghetto. We've talked about people in the big neighborhoods, out at the country club. We all prejudge the folks we meet. You t- you know we talk about meeting somebody. Hey, I got somebody I want to introduce you to. I, t- I describe them to you. Well, you're prejudging them right now. Mm-hmm. You're deciding, am I going to like this person? Am I not going to like this person? You know, if somebody comes along, like if you say, hey, I got somebody I want you to meet, I'm probably going to like that person. Right? Just because it's you. Right. Steve does that, and I'm like on the fence. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what he's bringing around. Well. I don't know what level of redneck he's bringing. I warn you. But we, <laughs> I warn you. But we like, all have. Guy, but. <laughs> the reason we have the prejudice and I'm oversimplifying this, is because of our cultural differences. And what we're seeing unfold is not about skin color. It's about culture. It's about our cultural differences that we don't understand. That's what we... I don't need to learn anything from you about being black. Remember, that's point zero 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 one six percent of our difference. But our cultures can be vastly different. Yeah. Even within the black community, it's vastly different, just like we've said in the white community. Um, You got 74% black kids that are raised without a father. That's bad. Back in 1965, that was only 25%. But now 75%. That's a cultural difference. That's a cultural thing. 50% of black kids drop out of urban high schools. That happens. 25% of black urban men have criminal records. Blacks kill 7,000 other blacks every single year. You go to the south side of Chicago, that ain't a white man's problem. 
Maybe it is to some degree. I mean, if the if the butterfly flaps its wings in China, does it create a hurricane or a tornado in Texas? I, I don't know, right? We don't know ultimately those influences. What what keeps you down? The man's keeping me down. I hear you, Joe Biden, right? But but ultimately, we're not talking about those things. If we had a riot every time a cop killed a white man, we'd never not be rioting year after year those are just numbers those are facts so i'm saying tragedy and atrociousness it happens man's inhumanity to man read a history book that's all there is i was re- i'm reading history and i'm reading a book now about vladimir lenin you know who who was the father of russia of the soviet union and the hundreds of millions of people that they are responsible for and the loss of life Again, it's, it's man's inhumanity to man. That's what we're dealing with. So be nice. <laughs> Care, love, faith, hope, and love. These three things remain, but the greatest of these is love. You say, well, that's so simple, but it's the most profound thing you can ever do in life. Hang tight. Be right back. <laughs> I got to read this message. It's kind of off the topic, but first and this is, came to me through Twitter, private message. First and foremost, importantly, I hope you found your truck. <laughs> we haven't talked about it all week, but my truck got stolen. Uh, secondly, I want to say thanks. I bought this field of greens, and oh my God, it is wonderful. Mm. It replaces two meals for me, so hopefully my fat ass will lose some weight. <laughs> but it only lasts me and my hubby and my daughter about two weeks, so I have to order more but it's definitely worth it. You're the best. I love your post and podcast. And if you ever make it to Northeast Ohio, we'll buy you dinner. As long as it ain't Field of Greens, I want a steak, girl. <laughs> we'll do Field of Greens with it. But that's a great, I mean, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. That's um, great. Be nice. I, I mean, mm-hmm. be nice. Put people in front of you. You know, uh, Jesus said, if, if a man compels you to go a mile with him, go, go the second mile. There's a great history there. Uh, if you had, you know, all the Roman Empire covered all of Israel and all of the known world at that time, there were mile markers that spread out through the Roman Empire. It started in the center of Rome, and you always knew how many miles you were from the center of Rome throughout the Roman Empire. So you'd see those mile markers throughout Israel, right? And a Roman soldier. If he had his pack, had his gear and whatever, he could compel anybody who was a citizen of Rome, which technically was any Jew in Israel, could compel him, carry my stuff, could compel him for one mile, make them do it. They hated that because imagine you're out farming, doing it, you're working all of a sudden, hey, carry this, Jew, carry this. Jesus said, if one compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Why? Because at the end of the mile, instead of throwing the pack down, cussing and going back home, you just keep on walking and say, let's go. Mm. What impact does that make on that Roman soldier? Well, that's a different kind of Jew. <laughs> Be that kind of person. Be nice. And I'm telling you, color of skin doesn't matter because we're all human beings, and that's what matters. I love y'all. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. And remember, folks, be nice. Go to watchchad.com. Bye. Bye.